This is Aaron Levine, LG Insurance, with another episode of the And Insurance podcast. We're going the charity route again, and I'm really happy to be going the charity route. I just love these episodes. I love bringing, bringing great people into the studio to really share their stories and uh, their organizations and everything going on. I have Lee Dim, founder and executive director of Steam Park. Um, and I have to like enunciate the steam park, you know, the steam just to make sure we get it outright. And, uh, this is an organization that I've personally donated to. There's a golf outing coming up on October 11th, Tuesday at Navasink Country Club. This episode should be out just before that happens. So I'm looking forward to playing Navasink, uh, one of my favorite golf courses in the area. Should be a good day. Hopefully not sold out yet in case anybody still wants to buy a foursome. Um, I'm sure we can always find a way to, to make room. Lee, thanks for hopping in today. Um, you know, I'm excited to learn more about Steam Park, right? You help, you founded this based on helping Bayshore area children with their after-school programs, right? Yes, to be honest, um, this is gonna sound crazy, but I founded it based on uh, the premise, number one, that um, I really wanted something, some way to give back that didn't involve putting my clothes on the driveway for lupus <laughs> to pick up, you know? And I wanted something, I have four kids, and I wanted something that my kids could help me with in terms of literally helping others, okay. not just like raising money or whatever. So that was number one. And then number two, um, we lived abroad for a couple of years. Coming back, we, we, we always thought, oh, this is the United States. You know, like, how can I help? Like, right. other than putting clothes on my driveway for lupus. <laughs> but then doing a little research, I found out that, um, wow, like within a few miles of my nice little bubble, there were kids that weren't eating dinner at night. Right you know, weren't sleeping in beds. And, and if you and I did a little research and I found out that also a lot of school districts um, are, are just really suffering. Just it's really hard to educate a child sure. without a lot of the supports in place. So, yeah, so so that's where it kind of started from. And I'll tell you, one of my favorite memories of year one was feeding 45 kids in a room blueberries. <laughs> These are New Jersey kids. They'd never had blueberries, right? Fresh right. fruit or whatever. And so I have all these little stories along the journey, but that's that's kind of, I guess, where it started. You know, from. so it's everything's about the story, right? And one of my stories growing up as a kid, we lived in North Jersey. My dad owned a gas station. Um, I would pump gas as a, you know, 9, 10, 11 year old, even probably younger than that. And we would collect donations at the gas pump for what was called the Fresh Air Fund, would take mm -hmm. the inner city youth out of the city, right, out of Newark and send them to a campground for a week, for two weeks, and get them a camp experience that they've never seen a forest before, right? And how they cool only know that? the urban jungle, yeah. right? So that same thing that when you're saying that they've never eaten blueberries before, like I got some little tingly, like, oh, you know, same thing. Like part of my why is to help people feed people, right? I'm on the board of Fulfill, love doing everything I can do to help make sure that people don't go to bed hungry, right, as part of, you know, the work that we do. So I love the work that you do with the kids, mm -hmm. keeping them off the streets, getting them out of trouble and giving them new experiences and, and, and educating yeah. them too, right? Right. So so we've been around only for five years. And, um, and our sweet spot, I guess, if you will, is basically second, third, fourth, fifth grade, like elementary, middle school, because as important as it is to help older kids and young adults, if you don't catch them early enough where they mm -hmm. really should already know how to read but maybe don't, um, right. you kind of lose them, right? And so earlier on, 
when they're, we, we try to not supplant what they learn in school, but to support okay. so that in the after school environment and in summer camp environment, it, we're there, right? right? And and what we, so when we first started this, I tried to um, benchmark all these amazing nonprofits around like, how do they do things, right? Because I, you know, I don't have to reinvent the wheel, right? right. And um, we happen to have an amazing boys and girls club in this area. And the um, executive director of it was kind enough to take a meeting with me. Um, he probably wouldn't remember me today, but back then I just wanted to take notes, just find out how to do things, what insurance to use and all this. And he was telling me that as, as much as I wanted to raise the educational bar sure. by offering them math and science and certified teachers and all this stuff and hands-on projects, you know, STEM, right. STEAM, science, technology, engineering, arts, and math, the first thing that we had to do was pick up all these pieces of these little kids at the end of the day after, you know, maybe they hadn't slept in a bed, maybe they hadn't eaten, maybe they had to wear right. dirty clothes to school and kids made fun of them and they didn't get their homework done and all these things. And he had this piece of paper and he ripped it up into small pieces every time he said one of these things like, listen, the kid shows up at your door, he hasn't eaten, he rips the paper, he got made fun of in school, he rips the paper, right. his clothes are dirty. And then he sprinkles all the paper on the table in front of us. We were at French Market in Rumson, and I had my little notepad out. And he said, before you think about fractions and reading, you have to put this kid back together again. Wow. You have to love them and be there for them and be constant mm -hmm. and, and not just do a 10-week you know, program and then walk away. Sure. So, so, and that teaches resilience. It teaches that they can trust you, and then they'll try harder. Because I think a lot of... What's, what we find, a lot of what works really well is building a child's confidence mm -hmm. and maybe helping him with those other needs like um, helping his caregiver, we have a social worker on staff, helping his oh. caregiver connect to food or maybe they're housing insecure and they need a counselor. And once those other needs are met, then he's gonna care about fractions. You know? And then the, the, the other really cool thing that, that I, I wanna talk about that I think is really cool in terms of, of helping others, what's, what's a lot of fun for me is you know you I get really excited like you do with the the, the taking kids to the forest for the first time that of sort of thing. Um, watching that didn't sound good. No, I, I mean, did it. Like, no, I take that back. There's a he better story around that. I promise. <laughs> um, but but helping helping out uh, and watching the the spark you know kind of light up in a kid's eyes. How, the kids helping kids model is really cool too. So we have teenagers. We have a teen board, Steam Park teen board, awesome. and they always come in as camp counselors and like sort of teaching assistants and that sort of thing, high school kids. And they actually, they run their own meetings and they do their own little fundraisers and wow. they help sort of give us advice on what they think kids would like. And I'll tell you something magical. When you have a really cool teenager sitting next to a, an eight or 10 year old that says, dude, I really love fractions. Well, guess what? That kid is going to love fractions, right? Because like, Who doesn't wow. love fractions? I mean, you know. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and, and then the other thing is just a hands-on piece, <laughs> making it um, relevant, you right. know, because who didn't sit in class and just like go to sleep watching, like you have to do your homework, you got to look at the board or listen to the lecture. Sure. Yeah, so you need, you need to be able to cut a pizza as you're learning about fractions, you know, right. or do science projects as you're uh, sure. learning about science. I mean, the engineering projects, the science project, the art stuff, those are all great hands-on, you know, ways to enrich, right. you know, all these kids. So how many children, how many kids, how many students are you helping right now during the school year? Like, how does your program work? So thank you for asking. So, mm -hmm. so we run virtual and in-person programs mm -hmm. and um, when school is out. So in the summertime, we run, um, we call them sort of learning camps. So it's okay. not just, uh, we, we do pre and post assessments and exit tickets and, 
you know, we have, uh, it's almost like summer school, but hopefully it's a okay. lot of fun. We also do paper mache. To give you an example, they might, um, the kids this past summer, our second and third graders, made um, paper mache pinatas, but, or, but then they also had to um, do sequential, like informational text with right. sequential ordering steps and all that kind okay. of stuff. So we try to, you know, kind of make it fun. I mean, I have a second grader at home, so like these, oh, so you know, yeah, these yeah. projects sound fun, yeah. you know, they're, they're, well, make the mess not in my house. Honestly, it's even, it's even fun for an old person, I'm just saying. Um, but uh, right, so over the summer, I think we, um, we, had, we had three programs going on um, in Asbury and Keensburg, uh, New Jersey. And we have a virtual program called STEM Girls, online okay. weekly workshops. And I think we were uh, about, we served about <clears throat> 170 girls this summer okay. with those three programs, pro, uh, kids, sorry, girls and boys, those three programs combined. Currently, we're doing t three programs. One of them started already. We're doing a, um, a full school year after school program at Sisters Academy in Asbury Park. Okay. And I'd like to put a plug out for Sisters Academy. Sure. Oh my gosh, the school is amazing. It's it's beautiful. It's it's very small, intimate sized classes, um, and our STEM girls online program is now in person with these ladies after school. So we okay. have we have thematic semesters, and a lot of times we'll have program partners that okay. that kind of sit in and mentor the kids and help kind of align the curriculum to um, real world scenarios right. and mentors as well as um, state standards. So the Sisters Academy program. Um, I think we have about 40 girls enrolled, but like mm -hmm. maybe 30 will come. It's a, you, you, you come wow. all year long. And um, that one's fun too, because every Friday, we, our girls go on a field trip to uh, Kula Farm in um, Asbury Park, because they learn about farm to table gardening. Nice. In, in low income, under-resourced communities, as I'm sure you know, because you've done sure. a lot of support with Steam Park and others, um, kids don't get fresh food, you know, and, and the food that's available is, also, is, is <laughs> not always that healthy. So it's super exciting to have kids eat vegetables that were grown right. out of the ground and to learn about that. And, and we have a lot of girls from different countries in that program in Asbury. Okay. So our goal there, um, we have Foodie Girl Fridays, and our goal <laughs> is to get them, funny, right, um, to kind of get the creative writing component in. And so they nice. will um, kind of learn about their own cultures, their own food cultures, sure. and then make their own recipes and cook on site. So that is uh, one program. We're also running a full school year program in Trenton, New Jersey, wow. at a public elementary school. And a lot of it is thanks to donors like you through the years that have helped us build and grow. And, uh, and so thank you for that. I don't know if we knew we were going to be in Trenton. But, Did not. Um, Listen, so I thought you, everything was just in the Bayshore. Now I'm learning there's uh, uh, you know, things yeah. set up in Asbury Park and Trenton. Yeah. You know, it's almost statewide. It, well, it's actually past that. Our STEM Girls program last year, it's a full year program. Um, the la I think fall 2021 um, summer, we were at 75 to 100 girls, average enrollment throughout the year, wow. which is so cool because so many of our girls really do fr come from um, school districts and areas where they wouldn't have access to this type of learning and right. these hands-on projects. Um, we actually started the STEM Girls Online program during COVID, just like you were mm -hmm. speaking of with your podcast sure. uh, earlier, um, just because we had to. We right. had an in-person program running in Neptune, New Jersey, at a library for little girls, and um, we had to figure it out. So we went online. We got, we got a very generous donation from Mount Sinai Hospital um, and a cool nonprofit out of NYU run by this mm -hmm. brilliant neuroscientist. Um, of 250 Chromebooks. And thanks to people like wow. you, we raised a lot of money to be able to give out survival kits to all of the families in Keensburg 
that had kids mm -hmm. under the age of, I think, 10, something like that. Um, we had volunteers that went door to door, and the school district gave us all the census data, so we were able to connect with cell phones of parents. And, mm -hmm. and remember, this is when COVID first hit, so masks, and it was, it was crazy, right. but I think we, we delivered something like 1,500 um, supply kits um, month amazing. after month. It was really cool, and we had online programming for kindergarten, first and second. That wasn't amazing. That was really hard. <laughs> some, t some of our volunteers would sit in people's backyards and hold a book up to read to a child like oh from far away to try to get them to learn because the kids weren't really it was loving tough. I had online. A, I had a kid, kindergartner, right, at that, at that time, and we were learning in masks and virtual in the yeah. kindergarten setting, and I'm lucky enough to have good resources and time because my wife and I are both avid readers with our children, right? Right. So... That's just me, but we know there's so many children out there that don't have that support network, no. um, nor do they have the resources to right. be read to and to read and to learn how to read and to write from a virtual setting. Um, right. And the internet issues that we were, were having with the children during COVID, um, where they didn't have proper sufficient internet at home, right. or the parents had to choose between buying food or paying the internet bill, right? And then this goes into my f work at Fulfill, during COVID was getting food to these people was such a challenge. So well, speaking of fulfill, I have to thank you a million times over <laughs> since 2017. I can't even begin to tell you how many meals we've given out on your behalf. Right. So you supported fulfill supported both of our in-person summer programs this past summer. And um, through those programs, we gave out 1800 breakfasts and lunches the entire month of August to kids in in and around the Bayshore area and Asbury Park. Right. Um, and during COVID, actually, we were able to set up camp on the sidewalk. And you guys were so generous that not only could our kids in our program get meals, but we could give the whole family meals. We had a teenager that would come every day and pick up five meals because he had a grandmother and an mm -hmm. aunt and, and two siblings or something. Wow. So he would put them in his backpack every day and bring the meals home. It's such a treat, right? It's it's just you don't realize how incredible it is to sure. be able to do that until you're able to stand on that sidewalk. And right. uh, so, and, and I think that's the other cool thing about working for a nonprofit. You meet you meet really interesting people, both your clients and also the people you work with. Right. But I think oftentimes we have some great nonprofits, but we need to connect them. So I don't know that we always need more to start more nonprofits. Like people <laughs> tell me, like you know, it's cool what you did. How do I do that too? I really think holding hands is the way to go. You know, collaboration is key. Being yeah, able to work together deal. with different nonprofits is, I think, is super important and super yeah. powerful when you can share resources in in different ways. The statistic out there is there's 1.6 million nonprofits in the United States right now. That's um, crazy. You know, it's an incredible number, and who knows how many are in New Jersey alone, right. but. You know, collaboration amongst them is could be could be very powerful. And we at Fulfill, you know, we kind of we do act as a hub for a lot of other organizations as well because we have the USDA grants for for food to then be able to redistribute it into into the community. Right. So we're definitely happy to hear. I'm happy to hear these stories, and I'm going to share this podcast episode with the team at Fulfill as well. And right. who knows where it, uh, where, where where it, it could go from, from there. there. Well, so it, Fulfill also, um, the food that they give um, is, is different from what kids are used to eating. So right. they're getting raw vegetables that they learn that you can eat and you don't have to cook and add salt to, you know. And so it's kind of changing sure. their palate a, a bit. And uh, fresh fruit. 
Right. And those are the things that in places that, that are really low income, many times they're food deserts, meaning there is no fresh food there. Right. So to have a child be able to experience fresh food every single day is very cool. Right. What I was getting at earlier, though, is so in, in one neighborhood in Keensburg, New Jersey, we, we, we did a lot. This is what I was talking about, the survival kits. But in that little library setting with the girls, we moved that online and we went door to door to bring things like, oh, whatever they needed. We did a needs assessment and, and so we would give them if they needed toilet paper, we would try to nice. figure it out. Well, there are a lot of people that just wanted to help. So they reached out to us, what can I do? So we'd give them a route to follow a drop off route <laughs> or like, go see if you can find toilet paper. Just right. go to all the stores, see what you can find. I personally, and I, it almost makes me like tear up to, to remember it. There was one mother that was a, um, she worked in a hospital. She, she had two daughters, very low income, and couldn't bring her, let, let her daughters stay home with her because of the danger of COVID. So she needed feminine, like menstrual products. So, so that's all she needed. So I dropped it off and she cried. Just, you know, just to think that like the things we take for granted. Right. And it's, it's just a treat to be able to, to do that kind of thing. But, but back to that program, the library program. So we took that online. We had all of these Chromebooks. Do you know that first summer, um, someone on our board um, had connections to school districts. Okay. We had 187 girls sign up for the first inaugural wow. online program, STEM girls program. That's phenomenal. And so we asked on our, our registration forms, how did you hear about us? And the vast majority heard about them through their schools. Okay. So the schools spread the love and spread the information. So that's where it began. And the program partnership is really cool too, because think about it, quite often, if you look at the high paying STEM jobs in labs, hospitals, whatever, you don't see a lot of black women, right? That have those high paying jobs. You don't see a lot of, or black men, you don't see a lot of you know, people of color in general or people from low income communities. Like if you check the board of, I don't know, IBM or whatever, right. the pedigree of a lot of those people shows that they had advantages that other people didn't have. Mm -hmm. So our goal is to level the playing field from an early age. So we work really hard to find um, like role models so yeah. that I'll give you an example why we find role models why it's so big in one program a few years ago um, I happened to be there and our teacher had everybody standing in a circle and these were like third fourth fifth graders and the teacher asked if you could do anything anything what would you be when you grew up and it doesn't matter you get a million dollars no matter what you do what would you like to do as a grown-up and it was it was to me it was horrifying because two uh, young men, little boys that were from El Salvador. One of them, his father, I knew because of, you know, I, from logistics, I knew his father was making 11 bucks an hour. Taxes were taken out. The mother didn't work. And he was raising a family of four on that mm -hmm. income at working at 7-Eleven. Wow. That little boy, what he wanted to do, the biggest, most exciting thing he could aspire to was to be the manager of a 7-Eleven. Wow. And then the other kids, you know, a little girl wanted to be a nail tech, an assistant bus driver, a little sure. boy wanted... And so nobody thought like, wow, I want to own my own. Uh, I want to develop a chemical or a product that I can sell in 7-Elevens across the country. Or I want to yeah. own my own nail salon or, or my own bus company. And, and so that made it clear that like, if, if they're not exposed to that, sure. they don't know to aspire to it. And, it. and it helps also a lot of times in low-income, under-resourced communities, there's not the same level of rigor that there might be in a higher level. I don't know how to say it, but like, if a lot of kids, when they're in kindergarten at six years old, their parents are working three jobs, maybe there's not a lot of English, so they can't model at home, the kids can't mm -hmm. practice language at home, they're not getting homework help. Well, in school, the teachers aren't able to assign these big homework chunks, you know, like you right. got to do this and I need you to. 
So unfortunately, the, the level of rigor kind of slows down a bit. So if you're coming from a school in a higher income community, you've taken five AP classes and this and that. But if you're coming from another school, you're at a very, you're at the top of the heap, but it's a lower level math. You know what I mean? And right. you're not ever, you have never even seen some of the math that these guys have in their basic classes. So that's the other reason we need scaffolding outside of school. Sure. You know, so, so that's, I don't know. That's that's the stuff I get passionate no, listen, about. I can I, go on. I, I love it, and I think it all all sounds great. Let's 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 talk about your fundraising efforts. How people can help. I mentioned the golf outing early on on October 11th. What are your major fundraisers throughout the year? Well, thank you for asking. Um, we actually um, we have a golf outing. We have a Texas Hold'em tournament that is in the springtime, and it's really fun. I've sponsored um, and played in that as well. Yes. Did you win? <laughs> I feel like you might have won one year. Mm, I don't think so. No. I'm I, get, I get knocked out early, but we'll try again. So there's a, and we're, we're doing a spring <laughs> fling this year. I'm not exactly sure what it's going to look like, but it will be fun. Awesome. Um, and then we have, uh, we had a campaign and we have a lot of um, leftovers, so we'll do it again. We had a really nice person, a volunteer, um, put together these uh, igloo cooler bags um, okay. with um, all kinds of fun stuff, Mediterranean treats and olive oils and things like that. They're like a hundred dollar value. So if you donate to Steam Park, 150 you get one of these bags nice. um, for free so we always have little things like that um, and our just in terms of donation our big push is always twofold one is of course fourth quarter to start the year with with uh, to start January February mm -hmm. right and then the other is right before the summer okay because summertime is where a lot of kids you know during COVID sure. especially when we were going door to door I personally heard from two parents that um, two separate parents that would lock their kids in the bathroom when they were at work. It's terrifying, wow. but they were worried about them and they work at McDonald's and they need the money to pay the bills <coughs> and what are they gonna do? They right. don't have babysitters and so there are all these issues. So we fight really hard to stay alive in the summertime for those kids. Yeah, I think it's super important. Summer is a big drop off for food security as well, right? When those meals start to go, they're not at school any longer. So summer is super, Super important, um, you know, especially for a child's de development. And, um, and teaching them how to work together, how to, right. you know, collaborate with each other. Sometimes if you don't have a lot of, of uh, things, you know, if somebody gives you something, you're going to kind of hoard it to yourself right. because it's all I have, right? But the more they start collaborating and working together, I mean, that's the way of the world, right? Sure. And if you can start that young, then it's very exciting to watch them build off of each other's in terms of critical thinking and problem solving and all that and kind of teaching each other. Right. That's so great. Lee, I love the work that you do. I love the Steam Park organization. You have a tremendous board, successful yes. events, but there's always more of a need. Clearly, now that Steam Park is branching out globally and into Trenton and Asbury Park and the Bayshore, Keensburg area, um, there's so much more we could talk about and maybe we'll do this again uh, you know, in the next couple of months, have you back on talk about some more of your programs would be fantastic. Thank you. So Lee, thanks so much for joining me today. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. This has been awesome. Thank you.